Welcome to the Weird Works Podcast. I'm Dr. Christy, your host. Join us for conversations about alternative and sometimes controversial healthcare topics. This podcast will provide the evidence that you need in order to make informed decisions about your health, to empower you with the facts that you need to advocate for your health, and to encourage you that there is hope your body heals. Join us from experts from all things weird, as well as the testimonies of people with stories of radical healing who were once told that perhaps their condition was a death sentence, that they would just need to live with it, or that drugs and invasive surgery were the only answer. Let's get into agreement that if there is something natural and non-invasive that could be helpful, that it could be your first option rather than your last resort. It's Dr. Christy here. You are watching or listening to Weird Works podcast. And today I have the honor of Miss Shirley Harvey with me here today. So I am going to let her tell you guys how we came to know each other. And then I'll tell you why I thought her story was Weird Works worthy. <laughs> weird Works worthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got a pinched nerve in my neck, I don't even, I guess five years ago, four, yeah, about four or five years ago, and asked a friend for some chiropractic referrals, and she told me about a couple different chiropractors in town, and then she said, I think you would really like Christy Harville because she does this weird nutrition thing, <laughs> and I think you would benefit from it because I had major hormone imbalance after years of infertility treatment and um, needed to be put back together. So I started with her to put, put my neck back together and um, then was venturing down the nutrition road to um, heal from hormone therapies and things like that. This is true. And then where are you at now with us? Now I work here. <laughs> now I am a nutrition response testing practitioner in the office as well. So come full circle. I laugh um, and tell patients all the time. I went home and after doing my exam, I was like, how in the world am I going to tell my husband <laughs> what I just did, what I just paid for, and what I'm you know, putting some hope in, and now I do it for a living. And he's on program too, so she really has come full circle. Yeah. So it's our whole family. Well, the reason why I wanted to share Charlie's story with everybody is because I really do think that her journey through infertility and her persistence to have a family, I think really captures the spirit of why we have this podcast in the first place to show people that there are incredible options out there and that there is hope. And her story really is one of persistence and determination. And so um, I think you're going to enjoy her story and I hope that it encourages some of the listeners as well. So we talked about what originally brought you to Health by Design and now, um, how did the whole journey with infertility start? Because you started that journey before I met you, before you even right. had ever come in with me. So I don't even know if I know the whole story, honestly. Yeah. Um, my husband and I met in high school and then dated through college and um, got married right out of college and we were excited to start our family. Uh, we had a three-year plan. We had our own plans. We were going to start having our family after we were married for three years and it was going to be great. Um, and so then we started trying, and six months went by, and then um, a year, and I had been charting, you know, temperatures and ovulation and all the things that you start to do. And I noticed that my temperatures were weird, and my ovulation was different. Um, and so 
I started seeing an herbalist, um, and she was helping me with a few things, and then I diagnosed myself <laughs> with polycystic ovarian syndrome, was something I came across, um, and I fit the model minus the insulin, insulin resistance part of it, but then I went to um, a fertility doctor in town, Dr. Kevin Winslow, at the firm, and he ran some tests, and we did some tests to find out that I have uh, half of a uterus, so it's a unicornuous uterus. So not a unicorn? Not a unicorn, but close. Mm -hmm. um, and then also we have male infertility coupled with that. So we did um, egg retrievals and IVF and lots of hormone therapies and things like that and did um, eight embryo transfers um, into my body. And then every time we did that, we had to do a cervical dilatation where they stretch my cervix. Um, so that they were able to get in because it takes a turn, mm -hmm. um, just some anatomical things. And we lost all of those babies, and um, we'll get to see them in heaven someday. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I was at the end of that. I wanted to be put back together. <laughs> yeah. Because I had taken a lot of hormone drugs and um, treatments, and I was not physically myself anymore. Um, even apart from like the emotional trauma of it. So, what are some of those side effects, like clinically, that you experience from the hormones? Yeah, um, I have like my hair was falling out. I had cystic acne all over my neck, my body. Um, I like was really depressed. It, uh, my anxiety had gotten really bad, and um, just like moodiness. Uh, fatigue, like I was very, very, very tired. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt really off, but didn't feel right anymore. Right. Those are kind of similar things that we've heard from other women. Whether they've gone through fertility treatments or not, or just struggle with their own, you know, natural endogenous hormone imbalances. Right. And what was the total length of that whole time of therapy and then trying to get pregnant? I think like three or four years or more um I know it was eight years total where I kind of was like I'm done mm -hmm. you know doing that right yeah. um do you want to talk about um any of your experiences going through the medical system is there anything that yeah I would say um like I I absolutely love the firm and um Dr. Winslow and, and what they do there they're incredibly gifted and talented at what they do but that that's what they they know how to do what they do and so i was left um not intentionally but i came out of that with not knowing how to put myself back together and so i remember calling and asking you know is there something natural i can do um to get my skin back and to do you know to feel better and they were like well we can put you on metformin which is um you know an insulin related drug and birth control pill and like just a list of medications and so that's the only they only had band-aids for me you know right. they didn't know how they're not equipped to to fix that part so and that's kind of a recurrent theme like with some of the other people that we've had on the show as well is that they find that you know there are times obviously that we need to incorporate traditional medicine you know oftentimes even people that are very adamant about doing natural medicine find themselves in the medical world 
but they find that they kind of like get spit out the other end and don't really have any kind of plan to put their body back together or for just restoring health in general. So we kind of had other guys and said the same thing. So that's kind of a heavy hitting question, but did you ever give up on having a family? I never gave up on having a family. Um, I had to give up my plans. So mm -hmm. um, being type A and um, being able to achieve whatever I wanted to if I put my mind to it was just my life history. And so I you know, was frustrated <laughs> when I got to having children and I couldn't fix that. Mm -hmm. And it was really just a long process of God really like literally peeling my fingers back on the story I had written for myself. Um, I you know, remember thinking, okay, like he's taking my white picket fence down panel by panel and just setting it ablaze. Not to be hateful. Yeah. <laughs> but he had bigger plans for me um, than I had made for myself. You know, he says like I know what the plans I have I have for you, not I know the plans you have for yourself. Right. And I'm gonna bless them, you know, like right. we make our own plans and then we just expect God to come in line and bless what we're doing. But really I feel like my whole life story is God telling showing me that my plans are cute mm -hmm. and he loves me but that he has other plans for me. Um and really that this life isn't about me. Mm -hmm. Um we all think that everything we do and being here is about us. And I feel like my whole infertility story is God teaching me it's not about me, you know. Um, it wasn't about, he didn't create me to have a family. He created me to honor him and worship him. And my family looks different because that's the goal is to honor him and to worship him. And so um, I didn't give up, but God had to do a lot of work in my husband's heart to get him to the story that he had for us um, and had to peel back the fears and the things that he had towards adoption. Not, It wasn't, he, he just had a hard time imagining that he could love a child um, that didn't come from him in the same way. He just couldn't, I think men have a hard time even with their biological children until they can talk and interact, you know. Yeah. Um, they just have a hard time under, wrapping their brains around that. So God had to do lots of work in his heart and you know, there's like stories along the way where we know that God changed my husband's heart. And then at just the right time that our son was ready to be our son in his story, um, God changed his heart. And, you know, we were able to adopt and build the family the way that God had intended mm -hmm. us to build our family. And then, um, you know, I really did. I still always come back to it like, well, what are you doing? And, you know, what is our family going to look like? And that's me coming back to me and what I want. And so when I let go of that, um, then I'm not so much focusing on like giving up on our family mm -hmm. and just um, waiting to see what God's going to do and waiting is hard, you yeah. know? So then we did foster care and um, that was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Not because of the child that we had in our home. He was incredible, but just working within such a broken system that um, so much help. <laughs> yeah. That was really, really hard. Um, and then, yeah, and then continuing to walk out how God wanted to build our family. So I wouldn't say I gave up. It was just the long lesson of waiting on God. <laughs> yeah. And is that where your strength comes from? Because what we realize is that when people finally do get through a healing journey or, you know, shedding 
all the expectation of what they thought was supposed to happen, that something internal had to happen, mm-hmm. right? So is your faith really like where your strength comes from? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I really don't know how people go through hardship without um, trust in Jesus and like he is everything to me and sustains me. You know, we have a newborn right now who much to my, <laughs> against my plans, my plans was to be off of work for two months and enjoy her. She has other plans um, and has been colicky and screaming and um, I've just been repeating the verse over to her from Psalms that God will sustain you. He strengthens the weak and I think I absolutely don't know how I would have made it through the things that we've been through um, without my faith. Uh, you know. We talked on another interview about that, that that spiritual component is so huge, and I think that's the part that, because you can't see it necessarily or always like put your finger on it and measure it, that people leave out. And I think that, you know, obviously what we do in the practice is a lot of physical medicine, you know, diet, nutrition, exercise, lifestyle, but that's that component that, like, we could be doing all the exact right things with somebody in their physical body, and they might not get a complete resolution because that spiritual aspect or emotional aspect is missing, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and with, um, I was going to say, on the faith piece, I feel like what my story, where my strength comes from, too, is that God has, my mother-in-law always says, like, he's built a resume of faith with me. You know, God doesn't have to prove himself to us, but he's kind. The Bible says he's kind in all of his ways, and so even if it's painful, it's his kindness that he's building a resume with me of like I showed you I was faithful here and then I you know if I told I could tell you incredible stories of God's faithfulness through Jada's adoption story and then through foster care and then just our whole lives he's built a resume of faith with me that like he's like you can trust me yeah even when it hurts you know yeah and that conviction sometimes doesn't come until there's been experience yeah right yeah until you've gone through right yeah I get it but it's important for people who realize that maybe they're not yet on their spiritual journey or they're mm-hmm. very young or fresh to it or maybe just curious about it, that it has to start somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Like, we aren't born, well, some people might be, but not everybody's born with, like, a strong natural conviction like that. Mm-hmm. It has to come from somewhere. So, Charlie has more of a story because she just said she has an infant. So how does that all come about? <laughs> how do you have an infant with what you just shared with us about? Yeah. How, what is that? A unicorn? A unicorn uterus. Unicorn uterus and they all depend that for fertility treatment. Yes. And the part that I have like given up on is that, you know, I've put my body through the ringer and I've worked so hard to get healthy. And so going back to fertility treatments to we have four embryos left from our um, IVF days and we feel really convicted that they're life, and they are life the minute my husband's sperm and the egg met, and then they created these little blast embryos. Mm-hmm. Um, they're five days old. They're boys or girls. They are who they are, and meeting our daughter, which I'll explain more, made them even more real because the rest of them are humans just like her. And so we um, felt very convicted about the embryos we had, and after we came through the other side of foster care, my husband and I were like, oh my gosh, we're getting older. <laughs> we're 36 now, and these eggs, are, I mean, these embryos are just on ice. You know, like, what are we going to do? Um, we don't want to give them away, and we don't want to thaw them, and just felt, you know, really torn up about it. Um, and, of course, my husband's method of handling it was like, we'll just 
put our heads in the sand and we'll be 80 and then maybe we'll have a solution <laughs> for us. And I'm like, that doesn't work. Um, and I have a really close friend, Caroline, who, um, you know, we would go on walks and talk about things we were wrestling with. And that was something that, you know, I would talk about that I just felt very trapped and like, I physically cannot bring, I'm so hurt by the process and all those things. Like I can't bring myself to do it. And then I'm also really convicted about those embryos. And so, um, her and her husband came to us and were like, Hey, we really want to be surrogates for you. And, um, we believe in the sanctity of life and we believe, you know, we're against abortion. So this is one way that we can faithfully step in and help honor these lives that God has created. And, um, she reminds me that she wouldn't do it for just anyone. <laughs> But um, that they really cared about us and they wanted to give us that gift. So we did surrogacy and have um, almost six week old baby girl um, from one of our embryos. I know it's just a miraculous story. Like, you know, it's like about God had to line everything up just the right way for it to be the right timing for you and her. And didn't you get a call from, like, I don't know what kind of storage facility where the eggs were. Didn't they kind of call you about your time? Yeah, they were kind of like, hey, what are we doing here? What's yeah. And Grace yeah. and Caroline were like, hey, if you want to do this, like we want to move on with our family. Mm -hmm. um, so now's your time. So my husband and then I had to get on the same page and God had to work that out. And then um, the other part, like things like insurance, you know, like we're like, we can't do this if she's, we can't get insurance because it's just, unbelievably expensive yeah. to pay for somebody out of pocket and yeah. um caroline's insurance covered it like things that got aligned to make it clear it's what we were supposed to do yeah. um what did you learn about surrogacy because i know even like in the office and in conversation and be like wait yeah so who's gonna do this part and you know like she's mm -hmm. pregnant it's your baby like what yeah. surprises or things that you didn't expect to learn about surrogacy that came up i really like i I don't know because I feel like I had a really unique experience mm -hmm. because Caroline is just she's amazing. I can't talk about her without crying. I know. She's, she's incredible. The most incredible person you'll ever meet. And mm -hmm. so she handled every step of the process yeah. with incredible grace. Yeah. Towards me or um any of the emotions of it or like mm -hmm. if she you know, she was spotting one time and like how she handled me and mm -hmm. the situation or we had to rush the emergency room one time and she was just as cool as a cucumber and handled the nurses and the staff, you know, during Corona where me and my husband weren't allowed to come in. That was probably the hardest part of surrogacy. Like somebody is pregnant with our child and Corona kept us from being able to go in with her and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Cause I feel like I had, it's not, I didn't have a surrogacy yeah. journey, yeah. obviously. Yeah. 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 But would you so, recommend surrogacy overall to other families? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's definitely something God would have to call you to. Um, I think it's something serious because it does involve, and that is the thing we struggle with the most, and it involves somebody else's life. So, um, you know, pregnancy isn't, or birth is not risk-free, and um, it can be dangerous, and so you're putting someone else's life at risk. Um, and so really without Chris and Caroline's strong conviction that that was what God wanted them to do, like that would have been really hard. And it was incredibly hard to receive the gift, um, harder than I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think their relationship is something that's definitely been unique. Yeah. 
So we have Kingsley here. Yeah. Kingsley has been born. Do you want to tell everybody why the name Kingsley? Sure. It's um, a cool story. I'll change the tears. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to yeah, do. Yeah, we um, <laughs> went, uh, our, my husband's family grew up going to Kingsley Lake in Florida. And mm -hmm. um, it's just a sweet place for all of us. And they went every summer, and I got to go along when we were dating and then through marriage. Um, it's one of the only places on earth that I can relax um, and that I can turn my brain off and I can check out and just really, truly enjoy and be at peace and talk to God. And so I spent a lot of time praying at Kingsley Lake for our family and our infertility story and um, just crying out to God, being mad at God, and um, also, you know, having him speak peace over me about what he, he was doing. Um, at that lake, and so that's why we named it. I love it, and it's a K, so yeah, we're, I love I'm having a K baby. Trying to prophesy that she'll be the next Dr. K. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> that's my plan, though. So we'll let her live out her own plan. Okay, so another chapter of this whole story is really another miraculous example of what the body is capable of that I didn't even know could be could happen. So either, <laughs> yeah. Charlie had a surrogate, and yet she has been able to produce breast milk and breastfeed her own daughter. So yeah. how did you do that? How are I'm you doing? doing how are you doing? I'll tell you the why first. Yeah. Um, I felt um, through adoption, you know, we had to do a lot of attachment therapy with our son, and um, not to his fault or anyone's fault, it just was his story, you know, as the fourth mom, woman in his life. And so we had to do a lot to bond, and some of the things we did were breastfeeding related like I was the only person allowed to give him sweet treats for a little bit uh, because breast milk is sweet like to try and get him to connect to me um and he was disappointed to learn the other day when it came back up five years later he didn't realize he did these therapies and he's like what sweet treats did you give me I'm like grapes he was like grapes that doesn't count I'm so disappointed but um <laughs> So it was really important to me to bond with Kingsley because mm -hmm. she was being born from another person's womb. And even when you have your own child and say the baby goes in the NICU or like there's lots of attachment issues mm -hmm. that can happen, you know, with your own biological children. So it was really important to me to be able to bond with her in that way. And like, um, even though breastfeeding is one of the most painful things I've ever done in my life, um, I loved that she knew who her mom was. Um, she wasn't, you know, feeding. Sometimes you have to use formula and bottles, and she wasn't being passed around the room to whoever could feed her. Like, I had to figure it out, and I had to feed her. Um, and so that's why, and also feel convicted about what's in formula, and it's really hard. And I'm still really struggling with it um, as we're figuring out reflux and all the different things. Um, but I know it's a necessary thing that we have to use sometimes, but um, that I felt really strongly about giving her mm -hmm. the most nutritious thing I could give her. Right, and the antibodies that come from it right. and everything. Like we know there's some formulas out there that are more natural based um, and more closely represent mother's true formula, um, but there's also a lot of synthetic ones that are out there that are soy based that are dangerous and will set a child up for allergies, chronic health issues, um, hormonal issues of their own down the road as well so yeah. um, so how so how did you get your breasts to produce milk <laughs> so um there was um there's the herbalist that i mentioned um uh -huh. in the beginning of my story she uh, um had told 
another family friend that, um, or her daughter, anyway, mm -hmm. that, um, you know, that she has known people who have been able to breastfeed their adopted children or whatever, and that she could help me do that. And uh, so I went to see her, and one of the resources that she had was uh, Sheep's Placenta from New Zealand. I wonder why people say we're weird, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I um, started taking Sheep's Placenta to trick my body into thinking it's pregnant, but it really, it's just that God blessed it because I really was on the sheep's placenta for like 45 days. It wasn't very long because of Corona, the um, supplement got stuck in shipping. shipping. And so I was on it way less than I wanted and had planned to be on it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think it was just one of those things that God was like, okay, that's fine. But you know, like he was going to bless it anyway. Yeah. Um, and Eileen is an incredible, incredible the herbalist woman of faith. And she, you know, was like, if, if God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. And, you know, you just have to know that. And yeah. so then as soon as I stopped taking the sheep's placenta, I started taking herbs for making breast milk. Um, and I started pumping every two to three hours for three months. Um, There's another story of persistence, right? Yeah. Thinking back on pictures, even when yeah. I was getting, like, a drop and my son would be like, you're throwing that away. And I'm like, well, I can't say a drop, but you know, Jen would just keep going like, okay, do I stop now? Do I stop now? Like, do I give up now? Um, and I'm like, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going. And I did. And so I pumped for three months and I got to the point where I was making about 10 ounces a day. It's amazing. Um, I've seen some incredible stuff, but like, I don't even know what's possible. No, like I know like, I didn't have a screaming baby. I didn't have all those other factors to deal with. I was toting coolers and machinery and things <laughs> everywhere and pumping in parking lots and car lines and, you know, trying to make it work. Um, but so I know it could be really hard if you have a baby and you're trying to, you know, do yeah. that too. But yeah, so now after mm -hmm. lots of working on it, we are um, fully explicitly breastfeeding. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Um, I guess I just want to have you tell, we're going to bring Kingsley out because we want you guys to see this little miraculous being. Um, but what would you tell other people, whether it's fertility or adoption or just general health issues? Like, what would you share with people who maybe don't, are struggling with could they even be as persistent as you? Like, how do you dig down deep when you, everything's pointing towards give up or this is too hard or it's not sustainable? Yeah, I mean, I'm still, I would say, like, to give yourself grace because even though I've shared all these, like, testimonies of faith and mm -hmm. all the things that I've wrestled through, like, right now she's refluxy and when the baby is screaming her head off, even knowing the things that I know, I'm like, I don't care, give her something, you know, like, mm -hmm. And I'm like, Lord, do I give up on my natural, my dad calls my um, hippie stuff, you know, do I give mm -hmm. up on that or do I keep going? And so I really think you just have to follow your gut and have conviction, which I think because I know so much in my head mm -hmm. about food and nutrition, yeah. it keeps me going to like pursue the best thing as, right. as much as I can and then having grace for myself if, mm -hmm. you know, I need to stop doing my hippie stuff. Right. <laughs> um, There's a time and place for both, right? Yeah. That's important too, because I think 
far too many people stress themselves out and even people like our colleagues and ourselves for our own health oftentimes stress ourselves out when we can't always go according to plan or like you find yourself suddenly having to rely on something more traditional in nature even if it's just for like a short bit of time yeah so I will say that like I um, am so grateful that I have the tools that I have you know um, that I can or what if we say like don't guess muscle test you know that we can test her and not have to guess like what foods I should not be eating and um, you know what would help her stomach the best or you know in this scenario um, I'm thankful that we have those tools and mm-hmm. just keep moving along you already guessed it because that's what I'm gonna say so will Kingsley be raised this way like what are we already doing? We want to tell them a little bit about what we were doing to troubleshoot some of the reflux. Yeah, I'm just um, muscle testing foods and sensitivities that sh- she has and so that I'm avoiding her food. Um, and then supplementing her digestive system mm-hmm. with the things that are the exact right thing for her. So like I can know, hey, this supplement is really good for mm-hmm. reflux, but is that the exact right thing for her? And so that's how we're using the muscle testing to figure mm-hmm. out just the right thing that would make her tummy better. And as she grows and develops her nutritional needs right, will change. change. So how to follow it. Yeah. I think maybe overall that's a big message to people is to not to persevere. Like you might be told that there's not hope or your condition can't be treated or handled or you're out of options. But advocate for yourself and know that there's so many other holistic alternative things that are out there that are valid and that do work. And so maybe just you know, not take somebody's opinion at face value. That's that's the be all end all. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Does anybody want to meet Kingsley? They're all saying yes. I see all the comments below. Um, yes, yes, yes. Do you yes. care if Sunny still holds her? No, it's okay. Wake up? No, it's fine. <laughs> so go ahead. And here she is. This is Kingsley and her grandma Cindy. She's sleeping, so we didn't want to wake her up because okay. Jenny was sharing. She had some rough nights, some sleepless days. So oh, she's sleeping to wake her up. <laughs> but that's the little miracle baby. And how long have you been trying to bring Kingsley into this world? Over 11 years. She's been frozen for 11 years. <laughs> she's older than her brother. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to be wise, I know it. Yeah. She can talk twice yeah. beyond her years. Yes. So we just wanted to share this week's story with everybody to give encouragement and hope. Um, and like I said, don't ever take no as a that's my, I never take no as an answer, and this is a great example of, you know, at once she was told that this could never come, and here's this miracle of life right here in their arms, so that's what we've got for you guys today. We'll put some links in the comments if you want to share maybe the herbalists that help you, oh, sure. um, and for some of the resources that we discussed today, so you guys can start researching some of that stuff if you are here in the Jacksonville area, and this is Dr. Christy Harvell signing off in Good Health Naturally.